Yo, what up? It's your boy, Cool Shep. This podcast is brought to you by my boy, Joey T. And Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts. Hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, we go up you on how we just chill. Ladies and gentlemen, we just witnessed the single greatest win of the Joel Embiid era in Philadelphia. And it couldn't have come at a better time for this Sixers team. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back into another edition of Trust the Podcast. I am your host, Joe Tooman, as always, and the Sixers have taken Game 5 on the road against the Boston Celtics. 115-103 to is your final. This is as good of a performance from this team across the entire time I've been watching them as I can remember. I would say everyone on the team played well tonight. And the team, they've really... They led almost the entire way. I think Boston was up eight to five. Maybe they were up, you know, a couple a couple times early on. But by four or five minutes into this game, the Sixers were up and they never looked back. And having that lead early is huge for this Sixers team. They're thirty-seven and four, I believe the number was, uh, in games where they're leading at the half. And I think that's incredible because as much as I've said repeatedly on this podcast all year that this Sixers team has become a second-half team. They've been they've discovered the ability to make these comebacks in the second half where before it was kind of the opposite, a lot of blowing leads and not being able to fight back in previous seasons. Even with that aside, even with that that newfound mentality aside, the fact that they're 37-4 and four, and now I guess 38-4 and four in games where they lead at the half kind of shows that this Sixers team is even better when they're playing with the lead, when they're comfortable. It's just a lot of the times the Sixers come out a little flat in games that they shouldn't, and it leads to them having to storm back. But it was awesome to see them not do that tonight. They were up nine at the half. I was I was saying to my dad, we were watching, I was like, I think they need a double-digit lead at the half if we want to be comfortable here. They didn't quite get that necessarily, but I don't think you can comp- complain one bit. It was pretty comfy lead, and they stretched it out in the third. Um, you know, and I, I, there's a lot of reasons for that, as I'm about to get into, but I think that all around this is a really complete game for this Sixers team. This is the second road victory of this series, and now things come back to Wells Fargo Center on Thursday night for Game 6, and the Sixers have a chance, if they win that game, to reach the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2001. I am I am as excited and optimistic about this team as I have ever been. This group just feels united. They feel they feel like they're they're playing really well, and it's crazy because... Game three was an abomination. Uh, Maxi was bad. Harden, I, I mean, I was pretty much ready to send Harden out of town. I was like, oh, we ain't pay- we're not paying Harden that max contract. He can go to Houston. I don't care if he's going to flame out in the playoffs. Of course, he responds with an incredible game four win, 42-point uh, performance, his second 40-point performance of this playoffs in this playoff series. And then tonight, every like I said, everyone stepped up. So I want to take the time to highlight everybody because I really think everyone contributed in this game. I mean, you, of course, start with Embiid. The thing that's impressed me the most about Embiid in this playoff series, well, one, it's that he's playing injured and he's still the best player on the team. I know Harden's had two amazing games, but with the clunkers he had in games two and game three, I still think Embiid is pound for pound the best player in this series, best player on the Sixers. Uh, it was incredible to see him win the, win the MVP during this series, of course. Uh, we lost that game pretty definitively after he won the trophy, but Embiid's playing through that LCL injury. 
And he's still very effective on offense. Got to the line t- 11 times a night, made 10 of them. He had 33 points. He was hitting his three-pointers, three of seven. He was shooting them a little much early on. But, you know, once he made that, that first one he made, it kind of rolled in. It looked like it was going to kind of rim out, but it, rather it kind of fell into place. And once he hit that three, I was kind of like, okay. Embiid seems like he's going to hit his shots tonight. And then he winds up shooting... Uh, pretty effective percentage from three, but the mid-range, he was getting to at a ridiculously effective level. I've always said, I mean, many people say this, but Embiid is one of the best mid-range shooters in the league. I really have no problem with him shooting that. I know some people would be like, Embiid's so big, he's got to get down low, draw the fouls, dominate in the post, whatever. And he certainly does that, of course. But when Embiid's shooting those mid-rangers, when he has, especially when they're uncontested, because he had a fair share of open ones tonight off the Harden pick and roll. Harden was getting him those shots uh, re- repeatedly. And when he has that look, he's going to be even almost as unstoppable as he is down low. So I thought he was awesome on that end. Uh, but then defensively in this series, despite playing with an injured knee, I think Embiid has been playing the best defense I've seen him play in years since his first couple seasons. I, I feel like he's he's been relentless. You saw the chase down block on Derek White after he turned it over. He was like, that was my bad. I'm getting back on defense faster than everybody. And he swats uh, White at the rim. He had four blocks tonight. This is his third game in this series with that many. He had two four-block games and a five-block game in this series. Boston is scared to test him at the rim. You look at someone like Al Horford, who's a five-time All-Star at the center position, who's made a career off scoring in the low post, and I know he's a good three-point shooter. I'm well aware that he shot 44% on those three-pointers this year. But to take all of his shots outside the paint, all seven of his shots were threes, and he missed all of them too. I try not to drag on Horford too much because I, I want to have some respect for the player he is, even after his turbulent time here in Philadelphia. But to see in this series, there's really only been one game where he's hitting those shots, and all the rest of the four games, he's been really bad for Boston on, on offense. So I'm well, I'm I'm very okay with getting some revenge on him, both for his time in Philadelphia and also for the calamity he caused against Joel Embiid earlier in Embiid's career in that Celtics Sixers series back in the playoffs back in 2018. But that aside, whether it's Horford, whether it's you see Tatum struggling to finish around the rim at times in this series, the guards, like I mentioned, White getting swatted. I've seen him swat Marcus Smart a few times. Embiid is just dominating in the paint right now on both ends. And like I said, when you also give him those jump shots, well, that's why he's the MVP. He can get it done from anywhere. So Embiid being Embiid. Uh, it's nice to see him playing through this injury and still still playing at a, a, an effective level. I know a lot of people criticized him for how he played down the stretch in Game 4, but he still wound up with 30 points in that game, 13 rebounds. So I think Embiid's been very good, especially for against a team that's given him so much trouble in his career. This is the best he's ever... This season, both in the regular season and the playoffs, is the best he's ever played against Boston. And I don't think you can complain too much about it. I'm very happy with how Embiid's playing right now. And I gotta be happy with how Harden's playing as well, despite, as I mentioned, that terrible Game 3, that really not that good Game 2. Harden is the reason we're up in this series right now because, well, he dropped 45 points without Embiid to win a game on the road against Boston in Game 1. Then last game, as I mentioned, Embiid had some mishaps down the stretch, even though he had a good box score, good defensive game, I thought. Harden's the one who led the team in scoring. He had 42 points. Uh, he hit the game winner off that Embiid pass in the corner. There's such a natural pairing, and it, it stinks that it took Embiid this long to find this guy. I mean, imagine it would have been impossible because Daryl was never trading Harden at his peak in Houston, but just imagine Embiid with 
2018-2019 James Harden. I, I can't even imagine the damage they would have done. But tonight, Harden, you know, kind of reverted back to what he was in the regular season for the most part. Just kind of the floor general, the very smart player. Only eight shots in this game. But with the way Maxi was playing, with certainly the way Embiid was playing, I think Harden kind of recognized that he had the ability to kind of maybe take a breath of uh, a deep breath after his nuclear performance a game ago. He shot eight times, but he did have 17 points, got to the line, 10 assists, eight rebounds, a good all-around effort. I'll also say about Harden, uh, game four and, t- and also tonight, I thought he was getting into the passing lanes really well. I thought he's played really smart defense. Uh, he had a, I forget a, 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 who it was against, but he had a really big steal late in the game uh, in Game 4 that kept the possession alive, or created a new possession, rather. Uh, and then tonight, I thought he was disrupting a few passes, so I don't know. I thought Harden had a really good game overall. Uh, the joke going around right now is that the wackier Harden's outfits are, the better he plays. So he had his weirdest outfits in Game 1 and Game 4. That's when he was awesome. He wore pretty standard clothing, just like a hoodie, whatever it may be, in Game 3 that led to his terrible performance. And today, you know, it wasn't too weird, but he also did have pink pants and some interesting shoes on. The shirt he was wearing, it was kind of normal, but then maybe other parts of the outfit weren't, so it kind of led to a normal James Harden performance. So, as long as as long as he doesn't show up wearing clothes that I would wear, just a, a Nike hoodie or something like that, we're all good. Harden, Harden's got to come... He's got to be competing with Joe Eckstein to get on the drip cam. That's what Harden's got to be doing every night if we want to see this Sixers team win. But jokes aside, I think Harden's been, despite two really bad games, we got two amazing ones and a really solid one tonight. So can't complain. Also can't complain about Tyrese Maxey. I've been, I've been criticizing him, uh, and I love Tyrese Maxey. I think everybody knows that. But he's he's struggled with Boston all year, uh, and it... it and it leaked into this playoff series through the first four games, especially the last two games. I really think he was... We know Maxi's game is his speed, his aggression, his willingness to drive and drive to the hoop. But what I think was lost on him was almost just, I guess, context, for lack of a better word. Just It really felt like he was forcing things at times. He was shooting too early in the shot clock. Uh, when it came to his three-pointers, or rather he, when he was going to the rim, it f- felt like he was just tossing things up uh, and praying he would get it over an Al Horford or a Rob Williams, whoever whoever was down there in the paint. And tonight he just felt, it felt like his offensive attack was more well-balanced. He, he shot 12 three-pointers, which is a lot, but he made six of them, so if he's going to make 50% of his 12 threes, he can take 12 threes. It's not going to happen every night. But you can't complain with that performance. He shot 21 times overall. Got to the line four times. He's been rebounding really well as well. I know, like I just said, I didn't think he had a good game in game four. But I remember, even early in that game, you saw Maxi leaping over people to get rebounds and keep plays alive. And I, I just... That's the thing about him. He's such an energetic player. He He's such a fun guy to watch. And that's why it it sucks when I have to criticize him for that. Like... Like, he was almost overdoing it. Like, that's such a weird thing for me to say, and I never really would have thought I would have criticized him that way until a few games ago. But tonight, it was back to what we need from him. He had 30 points. He was a plus 15. Easily his best game against the Celtics this year by a mile. You can't help but be happy for him. Tobias Harris. He had 10 rebounds. uh, Excuse me, 9 rebounds at the half, and then he got his 10th rebound very early on in the third quarter. So he he had 10 rebounds in... 
about 25 minutes of play, and I thought he was really effective, uh, really smart. Once again, I, I, I've been saying this, every Sixers fan, every Sixers analyst has been saying this for four or five years now, but when Tobias Harris is confident, when he's getting on the low block and gets a mismatch, he's an effective scorer. When he's open for three and he gets a catch-and-shoot opportunity and he just shoots it instead of thinking about it or trying to dribble and create, uh, you know, do something weird that he doesn't need to do, when Tobias Harris is decisive, he is a better offensive player, and you saw it in the first half tonight, and it was huge. If he was this type of wing player all the time, the Sixers would be even better, and they're already a great team. I really like Tobias. My opinion continues to change on him over and over because I think he's sucked in this series for the most part. Defensively, I don't think he was very good at all. Uh, the first four games, but I don't think he hurt us too much tonight whatsoever. Like I said, he finished with 11 rebounds. Uh, foul trouble did keep him glued to the bench for a decent amount of the second half, but I don't think that was a huge issue, especially with uh, the way a couple other guys I'm about to get to played. Uh, but Tobias, definitely his best game in the series. Hope he keeps this type of effort up. We need it from him. We really need it from him. Uh, P.J. Tucker... I've talked about it enough now. It's the same story. It's been all playoffs for him. He is the glue guy. He is the culture setter. Uh, he is the rebounder. He is the guy who holds people accountable. We've seen him yelling at Embiid. We've seen him yelling at Maxi last game. He has been a leader. He has been a tone setter on the court. Seven rebounds tonight. He was a plus 11. Uh, he made one one shot. I don't care. He was awesome. He's, he's lining up against Tatum. He's just doing what he's supposed to do. He does the little things. That's all the Sixers team has ever needed was that guy who can just fit in with everybody else, doesn't expect to get the ball maybe ever. Um, you know, I will continue to say, I don't care about the points per game. I just wish he was a, a bit better on the corner three because we saw last year he was amazing with at those corner threes with Miami. He was amazing in Houston. He's just good at them right now. So I would like to see him shoot Maybe 40% from three, a little closer to that. Maybe not 40%, but better than 33% in most games. However, everything else he's doing outside of his corner three percentage has been awesome. So I don't want to complain about it too much. And I'm going to move on because P.J. Tucker has been awesome for this team. DeAnthony Melton, my guy. Um, he's had a weird series where I think he's been really helpful on defense, of course, like always. Um, I think in game one, he was awesome. He made numerous threes. I thought Doc took him out too early in that game. But recently, he's just had really... I mean, I guess this has been the book on him all year, but especially in this series, he's had a hard time finishing at the rim. Tonight, it happened maybe one once again, maybe one time, but I think only shot four times, impacted the game enough, didn't overstay his welcome. I thought Doc played him just enough, uh, and I can't complain too much. Paul Reed, in his limited minutes... Um, didn't do anything detrimental, thought he was perfectly fine. George Niang, uh, only one shot attempt, he didn't make it tonight. So if George Niang's on the court and not shooting, he shouldn't be out there because he's too slow, not a good defensive player. But credit to Doc Rivers, he only played 12 minutes tonight. Doc Rivers went away from George, even though he's been playing really well, and took his minutes down because he recognized that he wasn't having an awesome night. And for that... I gotta give Doc Rivers credit. But the other thing I gotta give Doc Rivers credit for is because he experimented and switched up the rotation, put in Dan House Jr., and Dan House responded with easily his best game as a 76er. Maybe I'm forgetting a regular season game, 
But, you know, Dan House was a team worst minus eight in the plus minus. I don't get that one bit at all. I, I That's not what I saw when I watched the game. Uh, Dan House finished with 10 points, five rebounds, five of seven shooting. He came in and gave this team a different look on offense at that forward position that they have in Tobias and obviously Tucker. He drove to the to the lane and to the rim with a ferocity I had never seen him do before. And it's not even like he was it's not like he was Maxi out there sprinting sprinting around and, and being lightning quick. But he was confident and and used his size and athleticism and his wingspan to his advantage. Uh, got into the passing lanes, he got that one fast break, got the steal, went down the court and, and uh, laid it in with confidence. This is my thing with Dan House. I've criticized not only the signing of him, but also his play because I was just like, this guy, he's he's not playing smart. You know, he's he's good enough on defense, but I thought he was an upgrade on the wing, but he was also being a detriment to the team with his shot selection. Me and Joe Eckstein joked about it uh, maybe once or twice on this podcast about how he's the king of the step-back corner three, which... You know, translate to stepping out of bounds. You don't want to be doing a step back corner three. That seemed like it was the mo of Dan House. He was trying to do these step back three pointers, or you know, dribble around and do isos. And I was just, I was watching him. I was like, isn't this guy supposed to be this? Wasn't the whole point of signing Dan House to get this boring, generic but effective three and D player who just did, you know, had a wing, a wing player skill set that would he used to play with Harden. He'll fit right in with that offense. Uh, and just do the little things properly. But watching him early in this season, it was like, not as good as a defender as I wanted him to be, and certainly not the offensive player I wanted him to be. Thought he was doing too much. But I'm always happy to be wrong. I'm always happy to see a guy change the book and contribute to this Sixers team. I said the same thing about Shake Milton earlier this season. Uh, I thought he played a lot better than he has in the past as well. I root for the Sixers. If you're on the Sixers, I want you to succeed. I don't care who you are. So to see Dan House step up in this game, I thought he was awesome, and I hope he plays again next game, and I hope he plays the same way he did tonight. He also passed pretty well. He had a couple crisp passes. He only had one assist, but I'm sure he had a couple hockey assists in there. Thought he was playing really smart all around. So once again, I thought everybody on the team played well tonight. I guess you can say George Yang didn't, but I also don't think George Yang. It's not like he went 0-4 from 3. He shot one time, and Doc got him out of there before he really hurt the team. And Doc Rivers, I kind of already touched on it, but whether it was, um, like I said, playing Dan House, uh, keeping George Yang's minutes short-lived when they didn't need to be, he didn't need to play anymore. I think trusting Maxi in this setting, even after the games he's had the past few games, letting Maxi play through his mistakes, and kind of just trusting him to come up as a scorer in a big moment like this was huge. Uh, I think Doc has outcoached Joe Mazzulla all series, or at least most of the series. Um, and I guess that was to be expected, but Doc Rivers, once again, I'm not taking back any of my criticism of him. I'd be happy to criticize him again in the future if he goes back to doing what he's done in the past. But I don't think Doc Rivers is the reason we lost the two games we lost in this series. And I think he's coached a pretty good series in the three games we've won. Uh, so credit to him. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, my feelings haven't changed a ton, but I will give credit where credit is due. So good overall effort from the Sixers tonight. A feel-good win, an awesome win, and hopefully a win we'll look back on very fondly when the Sixers hopefully advance into the Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously, you got to win one more time before that happens, 
But with Game 6 coming back to Philly, and then if you somehow lose that, yes, it's kind of daunting going back to the Garden. But at the same time, you've already won there twice in this series. So really hope they close it out at home, though. Uh, really think it would it would be a total waste not to do so in front of the home crowd, who's going to be ro- uh, you know rollicking after the the press the previous two games, the previous two wins. So gotta hope for the best. This is the most confident I've ever been in the Philadelphia 76ers, and I pray and I hope that they will not let me, let you listeners, let every 76ers fan, and most importantly, let themselves. I hope they will not let any of those people down. I hope this is only the middle section of an incredible playoff run and not coming near the end. So that's my thoughts on Game 5. Thought it was an awesome win. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow. Trust the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you aren't already. And other than that, go Sixers. One more game to go, and Boston is out of here. Have a good night.